Hey. Hi. Hi. So, uh, welcome to Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, today, I'm delighted to uh, be chatting with Mamta Saragi. She's a rising senior at Bates College at Maine in uh, northeast of the U.S. Uh, looking back, what do you think uh, Bates as an experience promised you while you were thinking of going there eventually in 2017? And mm -hmm. how, how have the last three years panned out? So when I applied to Bates, I was looking for the typical liberal arts experience in college because I knew that I wanted to major in English literature, but didn't know if I wanted to do other things alongside that as well. So that's what I went in looking for. And Bates was one of the few colleges that promised a cohesive community, a lot of outdoor experience, intermingling with different cultures, diversity, which was one of the big things that they always talked about. And um, when I heard those things as compared to a lot of the other colleges, um, I was very taken aback and I thought that this might be so different from what I'm used to, that it might be a good experience for me to try. And by uh, good luck or God's grace, I was thankful to get in. And when I eventually went there, it was um, exactly what they had promised it would be. It was a culture which was completely unique to what I, anything I was used to. There were a lot of people from the US, but people from more than 30 different countries, many of which as a high schooler I hadn't heard, heard of before. And in that time, I've been able to learn so much about what it is that human life is all about outside of the classroom and outside of the career ambition or career aspiration, because um, switching between majors, choosing different disciplines and the whole system is, is very normal to an American college system. But at Bates, I would say it's unique because you learn a lot more outside the classroom in terms of making human connections with people who you would never have thought that you have anything in common with. Um, and that's something that I really, really cherish about Bates and the challenges. It poses a lot of challenges when you do it at first because it's not easy to talk to someone who you've never known before, especially when you grow up as an only child and you go to an all-girls school and you've never spoken to boys before in your life. So that was uh, that, that definitely a challenge, going out of the bubble and um, learning how to really develop things like social skills and develop more of an outlook towards the big picture rather than just what's in the textbook, which is what we're taught in school. And um, I, I would say that that experience has manifested in many small ways across states and across across a lot of the experiences that I've had with going abroad in my junior year, meeting people there, and then here I am today in India because of COVID times, and um, I'm very grateful for that experience. Very well articulated. I think sums, uh, sums up uh, liberal arts experience, but also a uniquely Bates College experience so well. Again, uh, it's interesting that you sort of uh, had mentioned earlier when you were chatting that you finished your English literature major well ahead of time and you had time to explore other things and that's when you went to king's college do you think the academic environment in these two places and even the whole social fit aspect of these two schools was very different not saying you have to pick sides but yeah what are the differences i would say they are so different in every single way um, aside from the fact that english is the primary language of both the united kingdom and the usa they're completely different um for one thing, King's is so much larger than Bates and it's located in the center of London, whereas Bates is a rural college, less than 2,000 students strong, only undergraduates located in, the, um, located in Maine, which is quite rural in itself in the US. So that posed a lot of differences in terms of 
the number of people I come in contact with and where those people are from. Kings had people from all over the world, whereas Bates had more Americans and people from all over the world, but there were, it was more of a um, hand-picked diverse mix, whereas Kings had students from, 10 students from the same place, all in one classroom. And that was something I was not used to being in college. Um, but it was equally enriching because the students pursue different disciplines. Um, for example, they have a lot more to offer because they're a large university. And uh, that brings me to the first part of your question about the academic system. I would say that King's is a lot more traditional in the way that it approaches its academics. Um, it's very much based on research and theory and less on personal inquiry, which is what the US liberal arts system is based on. But at the same time, it's equally immersive. It gives you a depth into what you're doing, whereas the US, specifically the liberal arts experience, will give you a breadth in what you're studying. So at Bates, I take classes in bio, anthropology, English, economics, philosophy, and even history. At King's College, I take classes only within English and maybe one or two within comparative literature. So it's, it's a deep dive into what you're studying, which really makes you a master of your field. But at the same time, it um, it focuses on the tower, whereas liberal arts focuses on the foundation. So I would say that they both have their benefits and they both have their cons as well, um, but equally effective, no matter which one you pursue. And in terms of the social dynamic being in a metropolitan London environment versus, like you said, rural Maine, uh, again, what do you think worked for you in both places? For me, what worked in both places, and this was common to them both, is just being brave in the very first step and going out there and introducing myself and saying, hi, my name is Mamta, I am from India, and I would really like to know more about um, what you're doing. So if I met someone in class, I would talk to them about what's going on in class. If I met someone at the cafeteria, I would just go and introduce myself and say what I'm doing. And I think that sometimes uh, can be very challenging, but oftentimes it hits home and other times it doesn't hit home. And that's a huge learning experience. So what I tried to do is find those organizations and clubs which I was interested in. So I was very interested in social entrepreneurship, which is something that was very new at Bates because we don't focus on business as a degree. So at King's, I went to the Social Entrepreneurship Student Society and joined in there. And some of my friends today come from, come from that club. Whereas at Bates, similar situations. I went and joined in the International Club. I went and joined in something called Market which is which, which is where I work now at Bates. So it's it's all about just going out there and being brave and being willing to try new things which you may not have heard of before. Well, that's great. I think student experiences being knowing the fact that everyone's kind of in the same boat and uh, sort of making the effort to make everyone comfortable around you. So that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about uh, literature. How is it like studying literature and what was, is it a thesis requirement in the end uh, that you'll have to fulfill? Have you found topics that you're keen on? Um, right, so I would say that literature, number one, the first thing is going from India, it gets a very, very bad name, unless you want to say that I want to go into academia. They say that you'll never get a job if you study English. And the first thing that an education, especially one of the liberal arts does, is it dispels that student. Because it doesn't matter what you study as long as you study it with passion. And when I studied literature, I got this a lot. And this was something that I had to learn on my own when I went abroad. Because um, 
I bet every major has a thesis requirement. So it is equally demanding for every major to, to produce the same end product at the end of their four years. And um, they have equal opportunities for students in every major. So, so that was that was a very um, enlightening experience for me because it was a very supportive environment in terms of supporting what you want to study and giving you career tracks and options after that, connecting you to people who may be able to help you, uh, you know, uh, navigate the situation when you enter the job market or navigate the situation in different countries because of the alumni network. And and um, that's that's a very essential part of any liberal arts college and any institution really. But um, I would say that studying literature is something that I definitely don't regret. And I would urge anybody to follow their passion no matter what major they choose to pursue. Right. And then philosophy. I mean, since you had more time, you said, okay, let's, uh, what is that decision like? Why choose philosophy and not anything else? Like you mentioned, you were dabbling in other things too. Right. So um, I, I was a philosophy minor at Bates. And I had decided that I would like to... Um, go abroad and experience what education would be like in a different institution, which is when I went to King's College. And um, this was my junior year. So I only had one year left after that. And I decided at that time that I actually have enough time to double this up into a major also. So I decided to take the plunge and say, let me just go in for philosophy because I like it enough to major in it. It was, it was done partially on a whim and partially on the belief that I, I was interested in something to a level where I could innovate it into something more practical and related to the real world. Because once again, philosophy carries the stereotype that you're just going to think about things all day. But that's not true because when we look at it, most lawyers actually have a lot of background in philosophy or at least in logic. And um, so that, that was a very big motivator for me because I thought that if I can take this on and really spin the humanities into something that I care deeply, deeply about and become a master of the humanities, it would be something which I'd be very interested to pursue in a creative way after college into a career. Super. So I have rapid fire questions now, so a few related to your academic choices and a few uh, which are uh, in general. So one of it that I want to talk about is, uh, or ask you is, uh, what would be three inspirations uh, in literature could be authors or even in philosophy could be philosophers or even your professors uh, yeah. books that you've read authors etc so yeah let's hear a bit more about uh, your uh, who you follow in these fields <laughs> so i would say this is this is a big question <laughs> in literature i would follow any person who tells a story that makes somebody feel something because if you can make someone feel something, you've done more than most people have in the world. So uh, any poet, literally, um, or let's say this author called Eric Segal, who I read fiction of when I was in high school and decided that that is, that is absolutely amazing. Philosophy, I would say one of my favorite philosophers is David Hume, who, is, who talks about compassion and benevolence as one of the most important parts of, of uh, living a moral life. So these are some of the key inspirations. Uh, it's a very incomplete okay. answer. <laughs> right, no, no, perfect, works well. So I'll stick to the three. Uh, something about you. If you were to pick three strengths and also link them with an adjective, so basically looking for adjectives uh, that define you. Three adjectives to define me, okay. Define uh, your strengths. To define myself, okay. One would oh, be- strength. strengths, strengths, yeah, strength. go ahead. Um, I would say 
very outgoing, very determined, and very happy. Those are the three trends I would use. Great, definitely get that sense from you with this uh, kind of short interaction. Uh, next question. If you were to reflect back on any embarrassing moment in high school, college, or even during your study abroad era, or even failure or mistake you feel, uh, which one would you pick and what was the learning? Definitely. So I think I, if I were to pick a failure, and there have been many of them, <laughs> the first one I would pick is, is being afraid to say what I felt and what I meant. Because in at Bates, I was, let's say, um, I'll give you an example. So I was part of this committee called the Budget and Clubs Board when I was a first year, which used to decide the funding for a lot of different clubs. And oftentimes the members of the club, since we're a small college, our board is very small and everybody's voice really matters. So I was always very shy as a first year. I never knew what to say, who to say it to, how to say it. So oftentimes I kept quiet and I didn't say what I felt and I didn't say what I meant. I didn't, I didn't put my opinion forward in a respectful way. So some of the decisions that were made um, negatively impacted my own club, which I was a part of at Bates. And I felt very bad about that at the end of it because, because, um, because that's not the goal. So when I went for the next meeting and I put my opinion forward, they actually reversed the decisions because they were like, of course, we wish we had known it sooner. And um, this would be a great new perspective to add. And um, so we got more funding than what uh, they had originally given us so we could carry out our events because originally they had not thought we would need the, uh, need the funding for this. And I think that one of the most important things to learn is that whenever we go into a forum, it's important to know why we are there and what we want, what difference we want to make through. And that difference comes by our actions and our words. And not using those is a, one of my failures whenever I start. Well said, well said, definitely. It's almost like, you know, advice. The next question was supposed to be about advice you would give high schoolers. But again, we can sort of change that a little bit. Uh, yes, look, look, reflect back on your application journey and, you know, as a high schooler, it's kind of awkward to just think of how a person half the world away is going to be, in a way, judging your abilities and achievements and who you are through your essays. What what views do you have about the application process and what do you think worked for you and what was really challenging? Definitely. So I think it's very challenging to try. The whole college application process tends to be very challenging. The whole, all the noise of, you know, finding a good fit in college, making sure that your scores match up to what their profile looks like and then trying to make a personal essay that's just a snapshot of your life rather than everything put into one because of the 600 word limit and everything, I think the whole process can get very daunting. And um, one thing, um, so all the stress, when I took on all the stress, it was it was difficult. It was difficult to focus on studying for my SATs, for example, on writing a quality essay when I took on the stress. But that said, it's, it's very, it's not easy to not get stressed because stress is such a constant part of all our lives today. Um, what really, really worked for me is when I lowered my expectations of college. I thought that I'm just going to give this my best and not think about where it's going to get me. 
I'm just going to give my essay my best. I'm just going to write the best essay that reflects who I am as a human being and what I want to tell them. And I'm just going to do the best I can. And when the time comes to apply, I'm going to see where my scores are and then make some strategic decisions according to that. And I think when I threw the expectation of, I need to get into an Ivy League college or I need to get into a college which takes in X number of students from this part of the world, I think that was a very helpful helpful strategy for me because it took it, it actually helped me focus better and create a better application in the process. Great. So, uh, so looking forward to following uh, your success in the future. What is what is it? I know there's so much uncertainty about colleges reopening and in-person classes. If everything was normal uh, or went back to normal, what is what are the few things you would totally maximize in your last year in college? Ah, oh, wow, that's such an amazing question. If everything went back to normal and I was able to go back to campus this fall. One of the things I would maximize is taking part in as many activities as I can, which I will never get to do again. Like every campus has its traditions and instead of fighting them off, really embracing them. We have something called the puddle jump where people jump into freezing cold water in February in, when it's minus 10 degrees Celsius outside. I'll probably do that because I've never done it before. <laughs> and um, also try to spend as much time as I can with the people who I've made meaningful connections with at the same time, making more connections and um, continuing to improve my time management abilities because of thesis requirements and then job requirements and everything of the sort. So I would just say engaging with the campus as much as I possibly can in every way would be something that I would look forward to as much as I can. Just forging human connections. Awesome. Thank you. I, I hear the word human connection, human emotions and feelings. Definitely uh, traits required for a budding writer. Uh, wish you all the success. Even if you do apply your learning in literature and philosophy to write, I'm sure all of this is definitely a sign of a very interesting human being. So all the best. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm looking forward to the last year, even though